Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Brantley Johnson. I'm the executive pastor here at Momentum Church. And, uh, you know, I wanted to start out this morning just by telling you, I'm not a camper like Ross, right? I just, I, I can camp. I like camping, but I don't want to go canoe through alligator-infested waters and sleep on the beach next to them, right? But I didn't know that I always liked camping. I, I didn't know that. Um, you know, it, it was about three years ago, friends of ours, Chip and Crystal, they tricked us into going camping um, with them. It was, it was, an, it was an experience, right? And, and we knew as a family that we wanted to be able to go camping at some point. So we bought a tent like 13 years ago. Didn't use it for 10 years. It sat in the basement. It was a big, nice tent, but we were ready for that day that, that they said, hey, we want you to come with us. And so once we, once we got out there, like we got the tent set up, it was our first time setting everything up and, and we were, we thought we were ready to go and did the whole hot dogs around the campfire like that. That's really the only reason why you go camping, right? Is just to have hot dogs around a fire. Um, and, and we knew though, going into this, that there was going to be rain coming, uh, but that's why we brought the tent. Okay. Makes sense. Right. So we get everything set up. It's nighttime. It's, it's about midnight. And, and now it starts, it starts raining. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this is nice. You know, it woke me up. I'm a light sleeper whenever I camp in case I need to kill somebody. Um, but it started raining, and I was like, okay, this is nice. I like this. You know, nice little rain on the tent. And then, and then it started, like, misting on me, you know, like just a little mist. And you know how you can talk yourself into, like, things being good? Right? Oh, yes, it's, it's hot out here anyway. It's a nice little mist on me. That's just nice. Right? But then that mist started talk, tur- turning into a drip on my forehead. And now it's like Chinese water torture. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, dang it. So I moved my head over because it's better for it to hit my pillow and soak my pillow. Um, and, and now it's like, now it's, it's hitting me in other areas. So I grabbed the flashlight and I'm like, I wonder if this is like raining on anybody else. So I'm shining it around. And sure enough, man, like it's now monsoon has arrived. And it's not just a monsoon outside. It's a monsoon inside of my tent. I'm looking around. My daughter has the cover pulled over her head so that it's soaking her blanket, right? And uh, it, it's just, it's not good. I look in the bottom of the tent, and, and it's flooded. Our tent is, so it's midnight. Thankfully, we have the van close by, and I have to wake everybody up and get them out. And, and it's like lightning, monsoon, all this, and we have to get into the van and, and we spend the rest of the night in the van. And surprisingly, after that, we went camping again. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, that part was not a fun experience. Here's the thing, though. Like, so there were two tents at this site, right? Two tents at this site. We had ours, which we thought it was going to protect us. It did not. And, and, and we're getting drenched. And then on the other side, you got Chip and Crystal's tent. And they were in there happy and dry. And they literally looked out their window like, hey. <laughs> You guys okay? I'm like, does it look like we're okay? Get in the van. So, it's, it's not good, but there were two tents at that place. There was one that they were protected and just fine in the middle of a storm, and there was another one that we thought was going to protect us, but ultimately it did not. And, you know, as we look at the book of Revelation, as we look specifically at chapter 2 uh, and we look at the church of Smyrna, what we're going to find is, is that storms are going to come in this life. And the unfortunate reality is, 
that there are going to be uh, people that can experience the storms in life in one of two ways. There are going to be plenty of Christian believers that experience the same storms that you experience, and while you're looking at them, they're going to be looking out the window going, hey, is everything okay? Because what ends up happening for a lot of Christians is, is that they bring a, a, a type of faith that is not a, a full uh, uh, expression of faith. They bring a type of faith that is wrapped in somebody else's faith. They, they bring a type of faith that's wrapped in somebody else's good phrases, right? They bring a type of faith that, that says, I should pray, but I don't know how to pray, and so I'm not going to ask anybody to teach me how to pray. Right. And they bring this tent expecting to withstand a storm, and suddenly they start to find out that the tent that they believe is Christianity has failed them. And so people will leave the faith or their faith will just dwindle because what they thought was supposed to protect them would not and could not protect them. So there's going to be a lot of different storms that we experience through this life, and we've got to be able to step into a tent, step into a place of protection known as Jesus, known as the Spirit, known, known as, as our faith following Christ that will keep us protected and safe. And this morning, I'd like to take a look at Revelation chapter 2. We're, we're going through uh, the churches in Revelation uh, and, and today we're going to be looking at, at the church of Smyrna. Um, and as we look at this, right, I, I feel like I need to preface a lot of this by, by saying that Revelation is very hard to understand. Anybody willing to admit that you don't read Revelation because you hate it, it's hard to understand? Okay, good. A lot of people, right? It's terrible to understand, right? But if you can push past uh, uh, the... The, the, the things that are metaphorical, the things that are, quite frankly, strange, um, if you can push past that, there's a lot that we can learn from the book of Revelation. Um, and, and, you know, you also have to keep in mind, right, we're going through three verses today. You know why we're only going through three verses today? Because that's all that we can handle. <laughs> like, I, I just need you to understand, I, we're going to read three verses, but I'm not even going to preach on three verses. I'm going to preach on one verse, less than one verse, because that's all that we can handle. There's so much to the book of Revelation, so much to just a few verses, that it's really difficult to pack everything into one sermon. So what I vowed to do today was to give you the best sermon series on three verses in 35 minutes. <laughs> not really. No, so what, what I have to do, right, because there, there's a lot of different interpretations out of this passage. There's the historical context that has to go into this passage. There's uh, the different interpretations to it, right? And so as I was praying about having to teach on uh, the church of Smyrna, I, I was just, I, what I wanted to be able to do for you was I wanted to be able to give you something very practical that you can take away. And, and then from there, you're going to have to do some more research because there's a lot more to it. But I want to give you something that you can take away that's just going to be really practical for your life. So if y'all are ready, I need you to say I'm ready. Let's go into, uh, let's go into the, the, the chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. It says, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? The first and the last. This is Jesus talking, by the way, right? He says, I'm the first and the last, who was dead 
and has come to life, says this. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Wouldn't you hate to have that said about you? Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Now, here's the thing, right? Whenever we read uh, uh, in, in the book of Revelation, uh, the first thing that I immediately turn to is like panic about persecution. All right, let's do this again. Anybody willing to panic you per- or, or willing to admit you panic about persecution? Okay, now we're just getting head shakes like, yeah, but don't look at me. <laughs> I don't want to admit that, but yeah, that, that freaks me out. All right? Yeah, but, I, I mean, that's what I turn to. Like, I, I look at that, I'm like, I don't want to be persecuted, Lord. Like, if I could not boil, that'd be great. Isn't there, isn't there a nicer way to die, you know? Like, that's, if we're being honest in here, you have probably had those thoughts, okay? And if you haven't, then you are awesome and on a different level, okay? But look, the thing is that as I was thinking about this, as I was going to prepare for this sermon, like, I, I thought about persecution and whatnot, and, and I feel like the Lord just revealed to me, look, you guys in America, y'all don't really need to worry too much about persecution, You know why? Because y'all persecute your own faith. I'm going to say that one more time. We persecute our own faith. Right? If the idea of persecution is really to cause someone's faith to die or to dwindle, we do that a lot of times when we pray. Right? Because we approach a lot of prayers in this uh, superstitious kind of doubtful way. Like, all right, so... And, and I'm just going to pick on myself, okay, because this is what I've done, all right? Lord, I, I just, I pray for the miracle of, of healing over my body right now, but if you don't do it, I'm going to check out WebMD. Come on, I've done it, right? That, that's, that's how a lot of times that we pray. That's what we do. Like, we don't approach God from the standpoint of, of someone who is boldly approaching the throne, Right? We, don't, we don't approach God as, as a child of God. Uh, like if you were the child of a king who had unlimited resources and you knew I am the child of this guy, right? you walk in there and you're like, hey, dad, I need some stuff. Like That's what you do. You don't walk in and you're like, hey, I, I know that you could, but you probably won't. Right? That's whenever we persecute our own faith. If we can, uh, uh, I read in a book one time, um, it's, it's by Bill Johnson. I know he gets, uh, you know, some controversy around him at times, but he's got some really good stuff. Um, and and it's, the book was called When Heaven Invades Earth. And he goes and he starts talking to this man who is, uh, he, he's paralyzed in his legs. And, um, and he, he goes up to him and he says, hey, look, uh, you know, I, I'd like to pray for you to be able to, to have a miracle and stand up and walk. And, and this is what the guy says. And this is how a lot of times we pray. He says, what if it doesn't happen? That's what the guy, the the paralyzed guy says. That's how we pray, right? Is, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray, but what if it doesn't happen? And you know what Bill Johnson's response to that man was? What if it does? Hmm. Like, 
I get it, right? I get that not everybody gets healed every time. Not, not, uh, uh, everything doesn't always go the way that we think that it should go, right? But what if we changed the way that we prayed to where instead of coming to God and saying, Lord, what if it doesn't happen? What if instead we came to God and said, Lord, what if it does happen? Like what a simple change in, in our perspective, Right, But if we could change that, then we wouldn't have to worry about persecuting ourselves, persecuting our own faith anymore. And see, whenever we look at the book of Revelation, whenever we look at chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, what I love about this is that Jesus introduces the idea of tribulation, of, t- of times of darkness, of hard times, and, and all of this, okay? And, and, and he introduces it, and, and the way that we need to understand it is in the understanding that there are two realities that are happening, Okay, and, and for Christians who have been Christians for a long time, right, we get like there's two realities. There's two different worlds. There's the physical world and there's the spiritual world. There's the physical reality and the spiritual reality. And for those of you who may not understand that yet, it's, it's the idea that you have the physical reality. These are the things that you can see around you that are happening, right? Maybe these are the emotions that you're feeling. Maybe they're the, the facts about the situation that you're in, right? It's the stuff that you can see right around you at that time, okay? But then there's the supernatural reality there's the, or, the, or the spiritual world. This is the stuff that's happening around you that you can't necessarily see, These are the things where God operates in a different dimension and this dimension at the same time. And and, and this is where it it gets hard for people because, well, we're humans. We have natural eyes, right? We have natural ears. We have natural emotions. We have natural hearts. But at the heart of of Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, we have to understand first that there are two realities that are happening. There's the physical reality and the spiritual reality. And Jesus understands this, which is why he prefaces the whole thing. And this is the, this is the part that I want to preach on this morning. This is the whole thing. If you can understand this, then you can understand the rest of Revelation and specifically the rest of the church this morning. Can you put that scripture back up there for me? Here we go. This is the whole sermon right here where Jesus says, I am the first and the last. Everybody say the first and the last. This is it, right? Jesus understands that whatever is about to follow what he's going to say, it is important for you to understand that he is the first and the last. So what he's saying is, is it doesn't matter what I'm about to say. If you can understand that I am the first and the last and everything in between, you're going to be okay. I am the first and I am the last. And see, the, the, the weird part about this that, that human minds struggle to really comprehend is that God operates both inside and outside of time. Okay, he operates inside and outside of time. And, and this is, you know, it, it, if you can grasp this, then you might better understand why we don't believe in predestination. Okay, predestination is this idea that God has already uh, uh, predestined your whole life. So it doesn't matter what you do on this earth, right? It doesn't matter the decisions that you make because God's already seen them. He's already, he's already caused you essentially to make those decisions, right? Which leads you to one path or the other. It doesn't matter. You were predestined to make these decisions, which is something that we don't believe in, right? And, and here's why, okay? Anybody like the Mandalorian? Mandalorian, come on. Nerds out there, let's go, 
All right, I'm not a nerd, but I do like The Mandalorian, so I'm better than you. That was a joke. Chill out, chill out online. Saw somebody typing in something real fast. Mandalorian, right? I love The Mandalorian. It was a, it was a great show, right? We, we've made it through two episodes so far. I've watched all the way through. Right, let's just say for a second that the Mandalorian, the two episodes that we have are real life. They're reality. And some of you just got really excited. Chill out. All right. It's not real life. Um, all right. So we've got the Mandalorian season one, season two. Right. And I have seen all of the episodes. Now, if I were to be in the position of God over the seasons of Mandalorian, right? We have episode one all the way through the second episode. If I step into the Mandalorian's episodes, right in the middle, and I'm like, hey, Mando. That's right, I called him by his nickname. Because we're cool. All right, Mando, look, you got this battle that's about to happen, but don't worry, she's going to trip and fall. I've already seen it happen. You're definitely going to take her, right? She's, she's, she's gone, right? And, and this guy over here, he's gone too, right? I've already seen it all happen. Now, because I'm telling him this, does this mean that I caused him to do those things? D did I enact the whole situation for him? Did I cause all of that to happen? Come on, y'all, participate. No, no, I didn't cause that to happen. I've seen it happen, right? And so I can come into this moment, into the middle of his season, into the middle of his life, and I can say, hey, look, I see the battle that you're about to face, and I've already seen the end of this battle. I've already seen where you've won, and I know that things look difficult right now, but I've seen the end of it. I've seen to the end of the episode two, where all of us, or the scene of episode two, where, uh, I'm sorry, season two, where all of a sudden you reunite yo. Uh, baby Yoda with, I'm not going to give you spoilers. No spoilers. You thought it was going to happen. Right? I, I'm in the middle of his season. I didn't kill Yoda. I'm in the middle of the season with him, right? I have the opportunity to get into the middle of this season with him. But I also have the ability to take a step out and say, hey, I've already seen all the way over here. Why? Because I'm the first and I'm the last and I'm everything in between. And so what God has the ability to do is he has the ability to operate both inside and outside of time. And he says, I've already seen the end of your life, right? He says, look, I see the situation that you're currently in. I see the tragedy that you're in. I see the bad decisions that got you here, right? I see that, that you're in a bad place right now. I see the darkness around you. I see the fear that's around you. I see the anxiety. I see the tragedy. I see how your dad left you. I see how, how your mom and dad split. I see how your wife left you. I see how, how your kids can't stand you. I see all of that different stuff. I see how you lost your job. I see how, how you've lost all of your finances. I see how everything seems to be crumbling around you. I see that. I'm right here with you. I'm with you. But I can tell you that I've also gotten outside of time and I've looked over here and you're right there. And all I'm saying is, is you got to make it a little bit farther. I've seen the end of the episode and I know that you come out on top. Amen. 
if you lean into me, right? Look, I'm right here with you. If you lean into me, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, but you got to lean into me. You got to understand that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Right? There's, there's two realities that are happening. You know, I'm, I'm reminded. I'm reminded of, ah, is it Pastor Ross? Is it Elijah or Elisha where they see the army around them? And he says, Elisha, ja. Elijah. I get those two confused all the time. Anybody else get those two confused? Thank you, Lord. I'm not the only one. All right. Hashtag not a bad pastor today. <laughs> right? Where, where all of a sudden, right, they're... they're Elijah comes out, the servant is freaking out, right? Because there's this big army around them and they are ready to kill Elijah. And what happens, right? Uh, Elijah says, Lord, open his eyes to see what the, what the spiritual reality is. Open his eyes right now. Let me, let me ask you something. In the middle of that moment, did the army go away? Mm-mm. The army didn't go nowhere. The reality was is that his eyes were opened to the bigger picture. And he says, oh, now I see there's two realities going on. The battle did not cease, but what I did was I had help from the Lord. In the middle of your situation, I don't know if it's a a health crisis. I don't know if it's a relational crisis, a, a, a financial crisis. Whatever dark times, whatever tribulation you're going through in this moment, it's not that the hard times just don't happen. It's that you operate in a different reality where you say, I can see what's around me, but guess what? The Lord has imparted to me this ability to also see what I can't see with my physical eyes. You see, Jesus says, whatever happens, I am the first and I'm the last and I'm everything in between. And see, the hard part about this for a lot of Christians is that whenever we're here, right, we're we're in this, this tent that we have built that is not holding up to the storm. And it's a tent that we've built. Instead of running into Jesus, we're like, oh, well, I'll make this tent that resembles something like Jesus. I'll throw out a verse here or a verse there, right? Because let's be honest, I haven't read my Bible. But I have seen people post good verses on Facebook and Instagram. I'll just take those and my life should get better. That's not how it works. It's not about studying scripture. It's about leaning into God. Yes, you are studying scripture, but, but it's, not, it's not the scripture that we hold on to. At, at the end of the day, and, and, and I don't mean this to be in any way blasphemous, right? So hear my heart as I say this. It's not about the words on the page. It's about the heart of the Father. And, and if in this moment, if, if you could could turn to to the God of all creation, the one who is supposed to sustain you, right? People don't keep saying that because it doesn't work. You just aren't doing it right, right? And, And so if you lean into the Father and you recognize how good he really is, then all of a sudden, you can start to make it through more storms in safety. But see, that's the problem for us. 
The problem is, is that we don't actually believe that God is good. We hope that God is good. But whenever things aren't working out the way that our physical eyes want them to work out, we abandon ship. We abandon the tent. And we say, oh, it must be God's problem. God isn't actually good. That's what we do. I know this, this, this message, it's not fun. It's just not. But I'm telling you right now, can I tell you as just for a moment as a spiritual father would tell his, his, his son or daughter, I, this is what you've got to face. This is the reality that you have to face. Is that right now, the reason why God is letting you down is because you haven't been worshiping God. You've been worshiping a, a makeshift kind of tent of God. You haven't been leaning into a relationship with God. You've been leaning into some words that you found on a page somewhere. Those words on a page mean nothing without the heart of the Father. And and it's difficult, right? It's difficult for us to understand how God can be good in the midst of all of these things. How, How can God be good? Right? I mean, if God is all-powerful, I'm just going to go ahead and speak with what some of you have already been thinking. If God is all-powerful and he sees me down here in the middle of this and I cry out to God, I prayed to God, it didn't happen. It didn't change. My circumstance didn't change. The, the people around me didn't change. My finances haven't changed. I cry out to God, nothing happens. You say that he's an all-powerful God. I haven't seen any of it. How can he be a good God when all of this bad continues to happen? And see, I think the, one of the biggest practical takeaways that you can have is that your prayer needs to change. Your prayer needs to change. Your prayer needs to change into... God, will you show me how good you are? Can, can I tell you that is a prayer that is not going to fail you. If you turn to God and you say, God, will you just show me how good you are? Because I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't know how good you are. It doesn't seem like you're all that good to me right now. And, and, and I'll, tell you, I, I, I'll tell you what I had to tell one of my, one of my children the other night. He was, he was struggling with this, with this concept in his head, and, and he was really sad. And, and I said, buddy, I think the best thing that I can tell you to do right now is go talk to Jesus about it. And, and I don't mean like, like some just some kind of uh, silent prayer kind of thing where, where you're just kind of meditating on your own thoughts. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is you need to actually go into your room, close the door, and have an audible conversation with Jesus and say, Jesus, I hate what's going on right now. Jesus, you're supposed to be good, but all I see is this that's in front of me, and it's, God, it's so sad. Why do people have to be like this? Why does the situation have to be like this? And and if you don't know how to do that, I'll tell you the same thing I told my son. I said, buddy, all you have to do is say, Jesus, and then you start talking. Audibly. And he's like, but dad, that that kind of sounds weird to me. And I said, it's only going to be weird until you say Jesus. As soon as you start, as soon as you start saying Jesus, 
It's not going to be weird anymore. And he came out of his room feeling like a totally different person, man. And, and I was like, well, buddy, how did it go? Was it weird? And he said, no. As soon as I started talking, it wasn't weird anymore. I was like, that's right. That's right. See, this is what I love about, I, I don't like lots of people's children, okay? I just don't. But man, this is what I do like about children. Children will take what you say and they will go do it. Adult Christians will take what you say and say, ah, I could probably do it better. And then you wonder why your life isn't changing. You wonder why you don't have any supernatural power in your life. You wonder why God doesn't seem good to you. Look, I'm, I'm giving you the most practical, simplest advice you could ever get. Just go into your room by yourself, close the door, and say, Jesus, and start telling him how you feel. And you know what? You do that enough times, all of a sudden, it might be the first time, it might be the 10th time, it might be the 20th time, guess what's going to happen? Jesus will talk back. Those answers that you've been looking for, you're down here, right? You're down here. You're expecting God to be way up there, away from you. But you say, Jesus, and you start telling him what's going on, all of a sudden you're going to realize, oh, shoot, you're right here. Right? And, man, if we could just, if we could have, man, my, my prayer for, for, for this service, my prayer for our church, my prayer for Christians, whoever I meet, I like, this is going to be my personal journey over the course of however the long the Lord wants me to pursue it. I want to know the extent. I want to know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, uh, uh, the, the multitude, the, the, the magnitude, the, the uh, uh, amount. I, I want to amass God's love on me. I want to know the amount of his, his goodness on me. I want to study it. I want to know it. And I don't want to just study words on a page anymore. I don't want to just take other people's words for it anymore. I want to know it for me. God, if we could know how much the Father loves you, you don't know yet. Can I just tell you, I want to give you a little bit of hope right now. You're like, I don't know that God loves me. Guess what? You don't know how much God loves you. There is more, so much more than even I know how much God loves me. So much more. He loves you so, so, so much. And we just need to know, God, show me your goodness, Lord. Because whenever we're in the middle of it, it's so hard. God, just show me. Just show me, God. Lord, I can't see, God. I can't see what's around me, Lord, anymore. I can't take it anymore. I, I've lost relationships over you, God. I've lost relationships over stupid stuff. I've, I've lost finances. You know, I, I've just lost so much, God. And, and I don't know how much more of this I can take. And you know what I think that he does? Like, my kids are still small, so I have to get down on their level, right? But I think, I think what Jesus would do in that moment, if you came to him, like, I think he would get down on your level. And he, just, just like a, a good dad to his, little, to his little kid, right? And he would just say, look, I, I know what you're dealing with. I know it's hard, right? But 
you're going to get through this. Right? I'm the first and the last. I'm everything in between. Can I just tell you, like, let me tell you, right? you're going to make it. Right? You're going to make it through. I'm, I'm good to you. I, I'll be good to you for the rest of your life. I just need you to lean into me. You know, he, look, I, I just want to do this for you guys, right? You guys are all, all over here, right? Like, the Lord would get down on a level for you, and he would just say, Liam and Olivia, I know what you have to deal with. And I know it's hard, but you're going to get through it, okay? You're going to get through it. I know it looks dark right now. I know, I know the depression that, that you're experiencing. I can see it. I see the depression. I, I see the anxiety. I see the fear and the worry. But can I just tell you, if you lean into me, I'm so good. I'm so good, and I just want to be good to you. Will you please, please just let me be good to you and show you how good I am? And you'll get through it. I promise I'll be right there with you. I'll be right there. And, and can I tell you that sometimes we're going to experience storms in life, but if you can lean into to God's goodness and who he is as a good father, I, don't, I know that a lot of people in this room, you might not have had a good father, but can I tell you, he's so much better than any earthly father that you could have ever had anyway. He's so much better. And then whenever that storm comes, yeah, it might be scary at times, but you find yourself in this place of safety. And this morning, what I want to be able to do for you, <clears throat> sometimes we need a it's an activator in our life. It's, a, it's something that says, yeah, I want that. I want to receive that, right? And, and you've been living on some kind of level where you're like, I don't, I don't know how good God is. Uh, I don't know that God's good at all. Or maybe you might be saying, yeah, I believe God's good, but I want, I want to really know. I want, that, that's what we need. We need a revelation. We don't need head knowledge of how good God is. I'm praying, I'm praying for deep spiritual revelation, that would just be poured into your heart from the Father as to how good God really is. And so this morning, what I'd like to do, I know COVID is a thing right now. If you're willing to come down front, I'd like to have anybody that wants to come down front, I'm gonna just pray for everybody that wants to move. If you, if you don't wanna come down front because that'd be too close for you, then, then just take like a step out of your seat. If you're at home and you've got your phone in your hand, I want you to take a step forward. Yeah, come on, don't wait. Come on down right now if you want it. Come on down. Take a step forward. Take a step forward towards your TV if you're watching on TV right now, right? And you just want that, you want to take that next step. And you're like, God, I don't know all of the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of your love, God, and your goodness, but I, I, want, a, I want a step right now. I want, to, I want you to pour it into my spirit right now. If that's you, stand up, take a step, come forward. Right before I pray for you, Right? If there's anybody in here who you want that, but you don't know Jesus yet, you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, you haven't been saved yet, and that's the first place to start. And then I'll pray for you as well, okay? So if that's you and you, you want to accept Jesus first, 
so that then you can find out the extent of God's love for you even more. I want you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you as well. Okay. All right. Let me pray for you guys. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.